Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report today for May the 13th of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But today we're talking about Sega because it looks like they have an interesting move up their sleeve. The company plans to release a super game within the next five years. This comes from the company's latest financial presentation, which gives some insight into how they are functioning in the years ahead. This is a report from VGC's Chris Scullion, who digs into the details in this report, but a lot of this information comes from a couple of slides that are circulating around. Of course, as it tends to go, these presentations make their way online, and there are two big slides that I want to point out here that Nebelian shared on Twitter. First and foremost, Sega's approach includes the utilization of IP assets. So you have active IP and you have dormant IP. Current active IP include Fantasy Star, Sonic, Total War, Yakuza, Persona, Megami Tensei, Football Manager, and more. But on top of that, you also have the potential within remakes, remasters, and reboots of past IPs. So Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, Space Channel 5, Res, Panzer Dragoon, Streets of Rage, House of the Dead. You see some of those already being initiated, specifically those last two, Streets of Rage and House of the Dead. On top of that, Virtual Fighter is also a game that is seeing some activity over the course of the past few weeks, so I'm sure there is something coming from that, especially in the competitive fighting space. But that's just half of the story here. Sega is also looking at Strategy 2, the creation of a super game. This is something that is also going to be coming, and it looks like they're aiming for three to five years for development and completion. But this is the development of a new FPS title at a European studio. A lot of people are assuming this is Creative Assembly. Of course, we know they are working on a project, and we heard that story a couple of months ago. But this also includes the utilization of IP assets. The goal is for 100 billion yen in lifetime sales, which comes out to roughly about $900 million. This is a massive game with massive potential, and to include this kind of information in a financial report signifies the company is very confident in this title. So this is exciting for not only Sega fans, but on top of that, for fans of first-person shooters. If successful, this could be an industry-shaking experience here, and I'm looking forward to learning more about it in the years ahead. But Sega is certainly pivoting. Of course, as you see here in the VGC report, the company really took a loss last year with COVID-19 impacting their pachinko machines, which made an operating loss of 10.6 billion yen, or about $96.7 million. So that is certainly something... Uh, that no company really wants to have to report on. On top of that, interesting tidbit here, Sega revealed it sold around 4.4 million Sonic games in the past year, although no Sonic game has been released. Interesting little note there. Uh, I will say, of course, with the popularity of the Sonic movie a couple of years back, then you have the rise of Sonic in the public eye again, so potentially you could see people going back and replaying some of these Sonic games and rebuying them on their console of choice but a lot happening over at Sega. And of course, a lot of companies have a lot of little projects up their sleeve, including the team behind the scenes at Sony that is hard at work creating exclusive PlayStation experiences. 
I highly recommend checking out this new article from Wired. It's from Peter Rubin, who says the PlayStation 5 is starting to look like the revolution it promised. And it talks more about how you see the supply issues beginning to come to an end and how uh, you see Jim Ryan addressing these supply chain issues. But on top of that, there's also a quote down here from Herman Hulst that is getting some traffic online. According to Herman Hulst, a Guerrilla co-founder whom Jim Ryan tapped to lead PlayStation Studios in 2019, the group has more than 25 titles in development for the PlayStation 5, nearly half of which are entirely new IP. Quote, there is an incredible amount of variety originating from different regions, Hull says, big, small, different genres, end quote. There's a lot more to dig into here, and you see more about how the tech is being used in some of these future games. You see more, again, about how the production is improving of the console itself. But this is what excites me. This quote right here is what stands out the most, and that's what a lot of people around the industry are talking about, because this is what it's all about. Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, PC, whatever you're playing on, these unique experiences, these original ideas, that's what the industry is needing. And of course, there are plenty of new ideas that are coming to light every single day, but unfortunately, some games are underfunded, some of them are poorly designed, uh, some of them are poorly marketed, and a lot of them just won't hit that limelight that they deserve. With PlayStation, the foundation is already there for them to become the next big AAA franchise, or even uh, not a AAA franchise. It could just become the next darling indie. You know, I'm thinking about something like Concrete Genie that was kind of an experiment, but it's something that is very well received. It was not breaking sales records by any means, and it was kind of overshadowed by other projects that were happening at the time, but Concrete Genie is something that I think of, and it kind of defines the last couple of years of the PlayStation 4. And so to see that Herman Hulst is sharing more about these new games that are in development, these new projects that will potentially define the PlayStation 5 is encouraging for me because I'm looking for a reason to need a PlayStation 5. I grew up as a PlayStation guy. My first console in the home was a PlayStation 1. I was sticking with the PlayStation 2, 3. Then I got an Xbox 360, but then we went back to PlayStation 4 because that's what the the goats did. You know, that's, that's what the winners did. And then now I have an Xbox Series X and I'm incredibly satisfied with it. Right now, Miles Morales, Demon Souls, Returnal is the one that's really getting me. But those are the three big games that are exclusive to PlayStation 5 that exist on the market today with Ratchet and Clank on the way. And so I need more games that are unique. I need more defining experiences that make me want a PlayStation 5. And it's statements like these that make me want a PlayStation 5. And as soon as I find a game that I need to play ASAP, that I need on day one, then I'm absolutely going to pick one up. Uh, as my strategy goes right now, I'm probably going to wait until there's the slim model released towards the middle of the generation uh, to either pick up a day one PlayStation 5 that might see a bit of a price cut, or just go ahead and pick up the pro version of the PlayStation 5, which is probably going to be inevitable. And then I can go back and pick up games like Returnal and Ratchet at bargain prices in about three years or so, because the beauty of PlayStation products specifically and Microsoft products, but specifically with PlayStation projects and their focus on single player experiences, 
those games are evergreen. You can go back and play God of War from 2005 today and it still stands up just as well and you don't have to have any kind of online multiplayer experience. You don't have to have anything uh, connected. It's just its own standalone. Uh, it's almost like a painting where you can go and look at it and it has the same amount of beauty every single time. But I will say I like the timeliness of everything so I would like to get a PlayStation 5 and I need a reason to do it and it's this kind of statement that really does uh, flip that switch and get me thinking about dropping the five hundo and getting one of those in the home. But I'll tell you what game that I will be playing this year, and that is Battlefield 6, and a lot of more people are going to be playing it as well because it has been confirmed to come to last-generation consoles. This is during a recent earnings release that the news was shared, and on top of that, it's still slated for a holiday 2021 release. I will say... I have seen people at Electronic Arts on Twitter discussing this statement that Battlefield 6 will come to last generation consoles, and the reaction from the community is always one of hesitation. Whoa, what do you mean it's coming to last gen consoles? Will the last gen version hold back the next generation version of the game? And quite frankly, that's always a possibility. That's always something that could potentially happen. But everybody has said, wait until the full reveal. Wait until you see what's happened, because I think what has gone down is that with so many different studios working on this game, you probably have maybe one, maybe two that are dedicated to the last generation version of the game or some kind of development similar to that. I think this has almost been treated as two individual projects with one that is pushing the boundaries of what the next generation consoles are currently capable of and the other others that are utilizing the full resources that you have within the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One to make that game as good as it can possibly be. Because right now, while the saturation of the gaming space is... Well, that's not the right way to say that. While the mark, the adoption rate of the PlayStation... While the adoption rate of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S are very, very high, it would be foolish to leave so much money on the table by just focusing on next-generation experiences this early in the game. Because, especially on the PlayStation side of things, you see those production issues really crippling the pipeline. You see a lot of people just unable to find a console. And that's being remedied later in the year. I'm sure by 2022, everybody will be able to find one uh, pretty easily without having to really scour the internet and stay tuned into social media. But as it stands right now, uh, Battlefield 6 is looking to release on last generation consoles. And again, that's wise because a lot of people are still rocking those PS4s and those PS4 Pros uh, and even those Xbox Ones and Xbox One Xs. Uh, so excited to see what Battlefield 6 has to bear, but it's going to be a very big game for the holiday 2021 release, and I'm excited to see uh, what kind of innovations the team does bring to the table. But speaking of trying to find a next generation console, those that are on Xbox One might have a bit of an easier time doing that, especially if you're an Xbox Insider, because they write on Twitter on the official Xbox Insider account, quote, Today we are introducing the console purchase pilot, allowing U.S. Xbox Insiders on Xbox One to register for a chance to reserve an Xbox Series X or S console. Check an Xbox Insider hub on the Xbox One for more details. Limited space is available and not all who register will be selected. This is how it's done. This is how you sell consoles. Of course, PlayStation has their direct queue uh, in which people can line up to get access to a PlayStation 5. But this is something that rewards Xbox insiders who have been passionate about the Xbox brand. Because if you join the Xbox Insider program, that really does 
signify your dedication to the brand. That shows you're willing to test. That shows you're willing uh, to be on the cutting edge of what Xbox has to offer. And those people deserve to be uh, first in line for an Xbox Series X or S uh, because it gives them, the most passionate fans, the opportunity to get in. And so I think this is a fantastic way uh, to open up the registrations, to open up the availability of the Xbox Series X and S consoles. And so if you're an Xbox Insider, I did want to let you know this is something that is happening. And you could get an Xbox Series X and S and play some Valve games on it this year because Gabe Newell has teased the possibility of bringing some kind of Steam game to console. I'm not sure what this is. The original clip has since been taken down from Reddit, but in short... Gabe was at a college event, a college speaking seminar, and somebody asked him, quote, will Steam be putting any games on consoles or will it just stay on PC? He says, quote, you will get a better idea of that by the end of this year. And then he replied before adding, it won't be the answer you expect, end quote. Initially, my first reaction is to go, Half-Life Alex is coming as a launch game on the PlayStation 5's version of PlayStation VR. That makes the most sense to me. But on top of that, Gaben says, it's not going to be the answer you expect. So if it's not Half-Life Alex coming to a PlayStation VR, then what could it be? Some people have said that Steam could be coming to consoles. I personally don't think that's ever going to be a thing uh, because you don't want Microsoft or Sony, or I should say Sony and Microsoft don't want another competing storefront on their individual piece of hardware. That would be kind of foolish. But on top of that, Steam has no reason to invest resources in bringing their storefront elsewhere because they dominate the PC space and the PC space is the largest chunk of the gaming market. And so with that kind of domination, you don't really need to spread out and be on competing hardware. And on top of that, the resources required to make that a possibility. I just don't know if the investment would really pay off. But it's exciting to see that you have collaboration between console creators and platform holders and Valve because that really gets the gears turning as to what could be a part of the next generation. What could be included? What is that relationship like between companies like Microsoft and Valve or Sony and Valve? It seems like from the pulse of the gaming community and the discussions surrounding this story specifically... It looks like Valve's talking more to Microsoft than they are to Sony, and that makes sense because Sony is much more closed off to this kind of collaboration. Microsoft is pretty open to this kind of idea, and you see Valve and Microsoft partnering for years and years uh, to bring a lot of classic games to the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, but excited to see what comes out of this uh, and to learn more about what kind of games are on the way. Could be entirely new games. Of course, there are multiple games in development at Valve. That is something that Gaben himself has confirmed uh, so maybe some of those are going to be uh, the console versions of games alongside pc versions of those same games or it could be something entirely unique to the console space but to round out today's show for those destiny 2 fans out there crossplay has been accidentally switched on early months ahead of time months. Uh, now, this is something that's going away towards the end of the week, so dive in, give it a shot if you wanted to test out the cross-play functionality. Uh, but Cosmo, the community manager, says, quote, we are seeing reports that some players are able to get a sneak peek at cross-play. This is not meant to be live yet and is not representative of the full experience. We will be implementing a fix to remove public access later this week, but in the meantime, feel free to partake. 
awesome to see here that this is something that is number one being actively developed and number two so far along that it has been switched on and is fully functional without proper QA it seems. Uh, and so this is something that is going to revolutionize Destiny 2. And in the future, other Destiny games are obviously going to use this. I would love to think that maybe they'll license out uh, this system or other companies can get on board uh, with getting this cross-play functionality all set up and ready to go. Of course, it's kind of becoming the new norm here. Uh, but if it works this well, a lot of other teams could learn from this process. But for Destiny 2, especially now that it's gone largely free to play, the importance of crossplay is elevated to where if you have a player on Google Stadia, they aren't siloed off in this little community of a couple of hundred people. They're able to tap into the Xbox players, the PlayStation players, the PC players, and become a larger part of the ecosystem, not around their platform, but around the game itself. And that goes for Xbox, for PlayStation, and for PC as well. But on top of that, as time evolves, some friends go separate ways. If you all were growing up playing Xbox 360, maybe in the last generation of consoles, somebody got a PlayStation 4. And then maybe somebody graduated from college, got a good job, built a PC. So now you have three different friends, you, your friend, and your other friend, on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC respectively. What do you do there? Well, Crossplay's here to save the day. You can all party up, play some Destiny 2, and keep the good times rolling. This again brings us back to the conversation around Discord's uh, potential acquisition by Microsoft that has since fallen through. It would be nice to have some kind of unifying communication software that is directly accessible in any kind of platform. But you can just, you know, plug in your uh, headset to your phone and rock it that way. So you have those team comps going on top of that. A lot of leading Bluetooth headsets also allow for uh, dual communications or dual inputs. So you can have that audio coming in from your phone itself. And you can just kind of reroute your device settings in Teams, or I should say in uh, Discord, to make it a pretty functional version of what we would want from a Discord integration directly into a PlayStation or an Xbox. Uh, but again, that requires a pretty high-end headset. You could just go the old-fashioned route, have one earbud in the right ear, another one in the left ear from a separate pair of headphones, and boom, shakalaka, you've got stellar audio and team communication. Wouldn't recommend it, but hey, if you're a poor guy like I was growing up, rock it till you rock it till you drop. Uh, but Destiny 2 crossplay is switched on. Dive in, check it out, see if you're one that has access to it, because that feature is going away as soon as they implement a fix. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about this Sega Super game. Do you think it's going to be good, and what do you think it will entail? On top of that. How do you feel about the PlayStation 5 a couple of months after its release? I'm starting to really pick up on it. I think this could be a very solid generation. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.